What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Janella Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 71st podcast episode. Hopefully, won't be my last. My guest this week, he is currently the host of Beat the Clock on Universal Kids Network. You can also find him on New York Live if you live here in the New York area and watch NBC. He's also been a reporter for The Hollywood Reporter. He's been a Snapchat correspondent for a number of huge award ceremonies. You may have seen him interviewing and chatting with some of your favorite and most famous singers on iHeartRadio's digital properties. He's also married to the singer Christina Perry. He's a new dad. And he's my guest this week, Paul Casable. We're going to talk to him about all of that. But first, we do Don't Get It Twisted here on the show, where I spew on for about a minute. And this will be a minute or less before we get to Paul. But I'm going to take a quick, serious left-hand turn here. Uh, head over to my Twitter or my Instagram, at Mike Janella, and search my recent posts. And I did a Mike in a Minute uh, monologue, just really shouting out the kids from this past week down in Parkland, Florida. Obviously, a terrible tragedy down there with that school shooting. And uh, teenagers often are given a very bad rap. They listen to music that us old people just don't get. They can be annoying and loud in public. They can be moody and stubborn. But don't get it twisted. Teens have, for generations now, been some of the most progressive, open-minded agents of change for good in our society. And seeing how these kids now are reacting to this unthinkable tragedy and how they're turning that into positive change for us and our world has been incredible and inspirational. And I just wanted to go on to give them a shout out. So check that out for more. And I just wanted to spread that message here as well. These kids are great. And I think we should all support them in everything that they do. All right, guys, Paul's coming up. If you're a first-time listener, if you're one of Paul's fans here for the first time, I talk to a lot of cool people just like him every week. So make sure to subscribe. Mike Janela Show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to it right now, Spotify, you can listen to it all the time. Without further ado, though, no more shilling for me, because now it's time to get to our guest. Here he is, Paul Castable. Paul, what's going on, man? How are you? Mike, how are you, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining, because, I mean, you got a lot going on. New dad, you... Actually, we're with the baby right now, right? So just to carve out some time in that schedule, I really appreciate it. It's the first time in my life I'm sneaking in the baby's room. I'm in between onesies and, and like strollers talking to you. It's nice. It's a cool it's a cool mix. Right, it's 2018. <laughs> yeah, you're changing diapers one minute, then talking to a guy over a computer the next minute. What a time to be alive. This is how we work. That's the best. It's the best. the best. This is how we do it. Uh, well, Paul, uh, like I told the folks at the top of the show, you've done so much, and we're going to talk about your career and how you got to where you are and how you're doing what you're doing now. But I start every chat with every guest the same way. I'm going to start the same way with you, asking you, what's the best thing, Paul, that's happened to you in the last week? Oh, my gosh, the last week. Great question. By the way, before I truly begin, uh, I'm, I hope you are okay with focusing on me like this. I don't know if you realize what you got yourself into, and I don't know if I'm even worth uh, – all of this, but I will let you focus on me and I'll tell you where. Right, well, our shortest okay, ever um, episode, I think, on the show is like 22 minutes. So if you're not that compelling, maybe we can break that record, get you out of here in like 10 or 15. We'll see how it goes. Well, I want to tell you about how we watch the painters here uh, watch the baby's new paint coat dry in the room. That's what you want to talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, it's an excellent unbelievable XL process. Yeah, sounds exciting. Incredible. Yeah, lead free these okay. days. Another 2018 Love thing. Okay, the best thing that happened to me in the last week. Oh, man, it's been such a blur of a week. Uh, you know, my heart is, is with the family and the baby. So I'll just say a moment, a, 
there's been so many stolen moments already with a little infant, but we've had a lot of little daddy daughter moments. So the best thing that's happened to me this week has been like a little smile, eye contact, dad and daughter uh, thing. I think maybe with some music too over the past week we've, and I'm already like a cliche dad, like just, just telling dad stories and so excited and uh, definitely a moment with my new daughter. Best moment of the week so oh, far. That's cute. So you're the one, you're the guy taking a million pictures from your phone and showing them to people whenever they get the, you get the chance. Oh yeah, guy. yeah. Well, speaking of our generation, I mean, we have so many absurd amounts of technology. I had a GoPro the other day and a new. We got a new uh, SLR, and I literally was holding both of them as a joke. Like, we got you widescreen. We got you on the nice <laughs> lens. We're just, especially our first child. We're just, we're you know, we're excited. We're those parents for hey, now. Enjoy it because parenthood's beautiful. I don't even own a goldfish, so I don't know what it's like. But the fact that you're able to balance career <laughs> and life and now raise a real human, an actual human being, it's awesome, dude. Um, well, the balancing act is new. I'm I'm learning, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's fresh. Only a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just about a month now. Yeah, amazing. so brand new. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to save that chat for later, but why don't we just talk about it now? I guess what's what's fatherhood like? Because obviously you're you're well known career wise. You're well established. You've been busting your ass to get where you are for now over a decade plus, and now you have to kind of oh, learn thanks, this dude. whole new life skill and a, a, a literal yeah. life is in your hands. What's that been like for you and the missus? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I hear so many people say, you don't really know. You could read a million things. You could do a ton of things. We don't really know what to expect until it happens to you. And that's very much the truest thing. Like it's just been the greatest, uh, like whirlwind life change ever. And and once you have your own and you're able to like have moments with them and just see them grow and develop in front of you and smile, like there's nothing better in this whole world. I've been super focused and passionate on my career. And then the baby comes in. I'm like, of course, still passionate about what I do. And I love doing what I do for a living, but it kind of just becomes its own category of, of living and of loving. And so I'm just, I'm floored by it. And it's like, it's become the best thing ever. I mean, really. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm an optimist at heart. So I always look at things that way, but this like, so for this, this is just like shooting it through the moon. Like I can't even handle it. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. And, it, and then also there's this, the challenges that come with it too, but everything makes it worthwhile when you look at your little, your little one. And, you know, with your wife too, talk about professional success. Like Christina's had the same thing where she's been doing her thing for so long. And for, the, for both of you to now sort of realize and reprioritize while still juggling everything you have going on personally, I got to give you props, man. It's, it sounds corny and gushy, but I mean, good for you guys doing this thing. Cause I, I don't think I could do it right now. So it's oh, really thanks cool. man. Thank you. Yeah. You know, you don't really think about the scheduling or like the lifestyle thing until it happens. And then you kind of just see what's important and how it works. And it's, it's great. You know, we, we figure out what works for us and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And yes, we're both in the same field. So it's kind of also a great understanding to have as parents, like, as we do different things. Right, yeah, you, you understand. It's not, um, it's not. oh, I don't get what you're trying to do. Why can't you watch the baby? It's like, oh, you guys both know where you're coming from. So it's a little bit more of a, yeah. on the same team, which is nice. If anything, this part, at this point in my career, I do most of the stuff like around a schedule. Like I, I don't, I haven't, I used to go into an office every day. And now that I'm, I'm more around, it's actually the best timing because you can, you know, make gigs happen around personal with the baby. And so it's nice. Though sometimes I bet everybody wishes I was just like, hey, just go to the, go to an office. You, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, go do a shoot. Do something. No, a little bit of a break from you, dad. Get out of the house for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about what you got going on now. Because you're not going into an office every day. You've got a whole bunch of different things. you got Beat the Clock, which is uh, the new yes. show that just dropped the Universal Kids, which is awesome. 
Uh, let's let's talk about you. that. And that's where, you know, you and I met a couple of weeks ago at uh, one of my other gigs to talk yes. about that. But I really wanted to delve into that a little bit more because you're like me. You're a giant TV history nerd from what I gather. Yeah. And you're, you're oh, on yeah. this show now that's been on in one shape or form for over 50 years on American TV. How cool is that to now be part of that lineage of something that goes back to black and white television? It's a dream, man. I mean, I, I grew up... Um, wanting to do what I do. And it was always been a dream of mine to be a host and a comedian and a presenter. And once I shifted my focus in my life to wanting to do that, I really got nerdy. And maybe you did the same thing about the greats before us. And so uh, many of the greats and people, what I want to do and what I do, like there's no real pathway. So the people I kind of studied and got inspiration from, everyone did a game show. And not only just everyone did a game show, but game shows are like such a part of American culture and television that I, I've said for a while, like, I got to do a game show. Like, I feel like I want to do a game show. And then that married with the family element that they put on the new spin on um, Beat the Clock was just like a perfect storm for who I am, too. Like, back when TV started, and you know this, like, families gathered around the TV. You had a scheduled time. You sat together. You watched something. You laughed together. I think that, like, that idea and that concept like we need it more than ever in 2018 and there's different forms of how families and people do that you may be watching something on your phone you may be you know somewhere else viewing content there's content everywhere but i love that we have a show now that really families like parents and kids can laugh together it's very traditional in a new world and then also has some new elements but someone said the other day about the show um you know you have no no tech not no cell phones nothing that's based on technology and you just have kids having a great time with a giant rod with a balloon bopper and this, uh, you know, throwing things across the stage. Like that old fashioned fun is timeless, man. No matter what inventions we come up with, it's timeless. And so to be a part of that is like the biggest honor and dream for me as a, as a TV host. It's been really cool. Yeah, if you guys are listening and you're unfamiliar with the show, uh, it's right there in the title, right? Beat the clock. So you have families, parents, kids trying to beat a time by doing these activities, these challenges, these competitions without cell phones, without computers. It's literally, like you said, Paul, you know, grab some balloons and a rod, maybe some marshmallows, like whatever you got around right. and have some fun yeah. and win some money. And you're right. That's something that you know, the Texaco Star Theater, like back in the 50s, mom and dad and the kids would sit around after dinner and watch that. And now they can do the same thing, except it's you in there, which is right. sweet. And what, thank you, man. What's so cool about the history too, just because we didn't, we talked about it, you and I, a little bit. But now that we have we have long form, like we can, I can nerd out at least. You may lose listeners by the second, but <laughs> what I love, uh, if anybody's listening about uh, just the history of the medium and game, what I love is how early it started. It started in 1950, and they had a host. The uh, guy's name was Bud Collier. He had a bow tie. But what's cool is like most game shows have the same premise. Like you got to beat a clock and win money. Like you got to do this thing within this time. Like the time structure is a big part of all game shows, I think. So this is kind of cool because it's so early on in the medium. I think at that time, creatively, everybody was so experimental. They were like, let's try this thing. Oh, why don't you know, I play this game? Let's try this on TV. Let's beat a clock, you know? And it took off. And so I just love that, like how old that concept is. And, and it's kind of streamlined through all game shows. And now we're still doing it. It's still resonating with people like, the show has seen so many iterations over the years too. Like in the seventies, Monty Hall hosted it and it was real swanky, almost like newlywed game. And everything like, hey, in, everything couple, in the seventies like, was a little bit swankier. I think. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I wanted to do sideburns for this new version. You're not. <laughs> yeah. But being, you know, among someone like Monty Hall too, is such an icon. Um, it's super cool. 
cool, man. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, what a great franchise. Right, you're you know? in the lineage, which is so dope. So you, you mentioned this. You wanted to do this since high school, and part of that appeal, I'm sure, for you is being part of this 50-, 60-year history of TV now. Uh, I, I was kind of the same way. Like, I knew I wanted to get into sports casting. That was my original track from the time I was 10 or 11. Bob Costas was the guy for me. I saw him doing stuff on TV and thought, man, that's what I got to be doing. But then you, I thought I was normal, but then I realized that maybe we're not. And I think media hosts are kind of <laughs> the most common people for knowing what they want to do so young. You always hear, oh, I've wanted to be on TV since I was 10. I wanted to host a game show, a talk show. You never hear most people know what they want to do until they're a little bit older. Is that... Is, right, that, is that normal right. or is that are we weird i don't know we're definitely weird because everybody who talks to a device for as long as we do i think over time starts to lose the concept of reality but <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's fair. fair but uh I'm, I'm 70 plus episodes into but, this uh, show so i totally get what you're saying yeah 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 you, you forgot what eyes look like you just know what a lens <laughs> looks like you know your, your first dates you're like looking at other people's right, phones. this thing on uh, anyway yeah um Definitely. I think, I think my goals have changed as I've grown up. Like I think early on I was a goofy guy and I like, like making people laugh. And that was the thing that street that, that kind of went through like, Oh, you know what? I could do funny videos in high school. I did a morning show where we did comedy videos. And then I had, would walk the halls and hear kids in my high school laughing at these comedy videos. And I remember that. And I think a lot of comedians get this hook too, where they're like, Oh, I was making an audience laugh. I like, what is that thing? I want to figure out how to be better at that. And that initially hooked me. And then I feel like I believe when I was younger and then like, as I studied and went to college and then started a talk show online after college, I feel like my goals sort of changed to like, let me do something that makes people happy and, and, and across many mediums. And it, that, that, that through line was still there, but I feel like, like it wasn't even so much about like, Ooh, I get something out of people laughing. I just get something out of making something fun for people. It's not, you know, like just something that's positive and light. It kind of changed from always having to be laugh out loud. But maybe that's just a maturity as like as I got older. Or did you realize you just I'm weren't still a huge or you realize you just weren't that goofball. did you realize you just weren't that funny or make people laugh that much? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I realized <laughs> I realized I couldn't write good jokes, but I could be the goofy guy on TV. You know, that's what basically oh, happened. It's still enjoyable. Um, Don't tell your sense of humor short. <laughs> you were I was doing some research for this and the show you mentioned after college, I'm assuming you mean the gorilla late night, and you were doing this like in Times Square, paying out of your own pocket for police permits and crews and all that stuff. What was that? Is that real? Is that yes, true? that's real. And by the way, thanks for digging that up. I appreciate that. This is still my dream show that like I want to do again one day. But basically, once I was in college, I did a late night show that I auditioned for and I got. And uh, that was the first time I was a late night host. And I thought, my gosh, this is so fun. I'm doing topical content about the news. I'm interviewing people. I, you know, I want to be like Conan. I want to be like Letterman and, and, and Johnny Carson. I just got hooked on this idea. And after college, nobody was hiring for like the next Jimmy Fallon or anything. And so I thought, let me just, it was a time where like, it's even weird to say, like, I feel like an old man, like this is 2009, but there really weren't like talk shows on the internet everywhere. There were a bunch, but now it's like, everyone is doing a show, right? This was almost like pre, like on the cusp of like the, aggressive youtuber generation mm -hmm. you know and so for me it felt cutting edge it was exciting creatively i was like let's try anything and we thought i came up with the idea uh to just go on the streets and do a pop-up show like i was like i have no money i have no network but i want to do a talk show and so i think that that choice really kind of helped uh my pathway because it was so loose and and so much fun i really 
I really grew as a presenter and a host. I was in front of hundreds of tourists every Monday night on 43rd and Broadway. I paid my crew with DJ money that I was DJing bar mitzvahs and weddings in Jersey. And I paid a professional crew of kids I knew from college. And my favorite part of the story is I, some of the kids who helped with the, the crew of the show were still connected to our college in New Jersey and would rent cameras as students from college, yes. bring them to the city, do, do a three camera shoot with me and then bring them back. And like, Oh, our project's going really well. And my one friend, Dan Urbeck, who is the DP of the show, um, is now a steady cam operator for every network in television. He's one of the like top working guys. But at the time he was testing out his new company. He would, so he would bring equipment. He brought a steady cam. We brought a jib arm, which if anybody doesn't know listening, is like a you know, 20 foot pole in the middle of Times Square. Like we broke every law. That's what people don't and realize. You can't this... just, if you don't live in New York, most people don't know. You can't just show up in Times Square and just start professionally filming. The cops will come and kick you out and oh, shut yeah. you down. We, yeah. But I figured out a loophole with the mayor's office back then. It's actually different now. They charge for it, I think. But I got this like a very basic like one camera permit, I think. But we were able to like write like three. We were able to like finagle with the. I got like friendly with them there. I was like, oh, we'll have a couple, but nobody will be on tripods. Like I made it so that it wasn't that crazy on paper. And so cops would see that and say, oh, and it got to the point where like police officers would mess with us and like have new police officers come and ask us for a permit, like just to mess with the cops. (laughs) It got very friendly. Cops would show up in the middle of the episode. One of my favorite moments from that is like, you know, we have a promo where a cop is like, what are you guys doing? And so just being in the real world with people and doing a show like that, that like idea is still a big part of like the content I create and what I want to do. I love when you think of, you know, guys glad handing with police officers, you think of boardwalk empire or something. They're trying to get a blind eye to <laughs> prohibition. You were just trying to get some free camera time in times square. Uh, very honorable move yeah. on, your, on your side hustle. <laughs> so then you go from there and I, we're going to kind of yada, 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 a lot of your career, which I think is a, a disservice, but I don't want to keep you for too long. And I want to chat with you a lot about a lot of stuff. No, no, no. Keep so, going. I'll, I'll talk too long about it. Anyway. <laughs> so you've done, I mean, Hollywood, reporter some stuff you were with iHeartRadio for a long time New York Live obviously this is a big trajectory and you don't just go from A to B to C that linearly in this industry so what was your what was your big break or big breaks what do you think took you from guy trying to hustle with borrowed college equipment in Times Square to someone who now feels content not content but uh, secure in a career in this field I'm glad you. Uh, it looks like I'm secure from your vantage point. That's that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. too. Are you like a duck? You're cool uh, on the surface, but below you're just a, 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 I'm a mess. S- I'm sweating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thanks, man. Yeah, you know what I think it is? Um, let me think of a good way to respond. Uh, I think it's that the, I, I think the hustle doesn't go away. I don't really feel super content or even like I've had a, a, a I think the the game show is my biggest break and, and the beat the clock is such an awesome break for me, but that type of hustle early on in my career, I don't think has gone away. And I think that it's been super important at every job I've been hired to do um, that I've kind of tried to take advantage and been really great at that job I've been hired to do. And then I always try to do more. And one thing I'll say is like, um, like I haven't been hired to be a host until very recently. So I would say that the many, many years of like just working in the industry and speaking up, like one thing I always tell people sometimes ask me, like students in, in media for advice and stuff. And I always say like, you know, do what you were hired to do, but always try and do more and try and experience more and get more involved with what your thing is you want to do in the business. And then you'll eventually be able to do just that thing. 
but I've been hired for everything under the sun. I, I hired, I was hired as a blogger. Like it, it's, and then I grew over the years there of like constantly, you know, doing my job and trying to interview celebrities and be a host. And that really was a good stepping stone for me to make that transition. And then from there, I kind of was able to just be hired as a host and, and uh, more established, but it takes so much, uh, so much development, I think, and, and not really giving up on that hustle. Like I think in entertainment too, and this is maybe a good point for your listeners and for me to get out, which I love is like, all the celebrity, all the flashiness, you know this too, work in the business. Like that's that's what, what people see and think of. That's not at all what our any business is like. You like the best people in our business are real people that work their asses off, you know? Like and so that's always been appealing to me. It's always been like my mindset wherever I am. Like and, and I don't know if it's just a delusional way I think. Like, all right, cool, you want me to do this thing here? What else can we do that's fun and crazy? I think I thrive off of the element of surprise and the element of like innovation. Like I love trying to innovate wherever I am. Like let's be different. And it's like almost part of my personality. Right. Cause you um, YouTube and I think, yourself and you see things like well, sombrero interview, uh, like all these just different like <laughs> concepts that are different. And I think, especially with iHeart, you mentioned you got hired as a blogger. Next thing you know, you're talking to Demi Lovato or like Lady Gaga, all these other famous people. And to be able, you know, no one's going to give you that. You got to go take it. Right. Yeah. And in a way that's what I learned at a big company too, is in a way that's friendly and accept and acceptable, you know, like at the end of the day, I think a lot of times in this business, people think you just straight shoot to like, okay, now I'm doing this one really cool thing. And like, you really have to be willing to have humility and do everything. Like we used, I used to tape my camera down, put my boom pole above me in the green screen at iHeart, um, you know, hit record. Like there was no one down there. You know, and, and I, and now I'm so appreciative. I have like a few cameramen for a shoot. I'm doing a studio shoot, beat the clock. And I still remember, like, I'm grateful for the guy who's filming me because you know what? It was me a couple of years yeah. ago. So there's, you know, this too, I'm sure like working as a host and in entertainment. And it's something I think people who want to get involved need to always understand. Like, it's never like, I'm going to get hired for my dream and I'm going to do it. Like you really got to continue to uh, try everything. Like we're, and you could be wrong. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know exactly, you know, like I, I thought I was going to be this and that. And then like it kind of works itself out once you put yourself out there and hustle. Can you rank the jobs you've had in terms of favorites? Oh man. I feel like no, but just because I'm so much of a people pleaser, if anybody heard this, I'd be like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's hard. It's hard to put it on a, on a, the competitive rank because everything played a really important role in my development and my career. Like the Staten Island public TV station I worked at was so funny and crazy at the time. And looking back, like I put 30 minute shows on TV. I hosted to a public television station. Like that really helped me understand how to produce, you know, I heart was crazy. I was, you know, blogging. And then four years later I was whisked into Elton John's dressing room to do a custom exclusive interview with him. Like, um, was incredible, the platform, you know, but, but also helped me develop, uh, my chops as a host, being on TV with celebrities, all that stuff. So it's like everything plays an important, um, role in the, in the growth of, of my career for sure. 
So it's hard to rank them because I'm like going along with the years, you know, like I can't really, who knows what's next, you know? It's, it's a good political answer. If someone asked me that question, I don't think I'd be able to answer it either, but I got to try and turn the screws a little bit and put you on the hot seat. But you were very diplomatic there, which I, I well, appreciate. Look, I know, which, which maybe is a flaw too. You do, do this again with me in like a year and I'd be like, F those guys, this is great. <laughs> well, we'll come back. We'll do the one year anniversary next year of this episode. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see what the wow, update's Paul like. got real saucy. Yeah, what happened? Salty yeah, in his, super saucy. in his older age. <laughs> So nowadays, you go from, yeah, say working at iHeart, which you're there in an office and trying to do all this other stuff, whereas now, beat the clock, you guys film, you tape, you finish a season, you wrap, now you're home, you're able to raise your daughter, talk to me on a random Monday afternoon. What's mm-hmm, a standard mm-hmm. week, day like in your life? Maybe the answer has changed now that you have a baby, but in terms of when you're waking up, when do you, are you working? Is it long stretches at a time? What's a, what's a day or week in Paul's life like? Uh, it definitely fluctuates. It's definitely more around the baby, but being like a freelance host now, a lot of my time in New York is with the show New York Live I do for NBC, and uh, they're so great over there, and we're on at 11.30 every day on on, New, on NBC New York. New York. I said New York, really. We're there. New York. And uh, <laughs> Who let this guy on air? <laughs> and uh, I know. Is he on our show? Um, and a lot of my time is actually focused on that because um, I – set up a lot of the shoots. I work with the production team there. That's amazing. And they help me set up stuff. And so, uh, I do some pre-production for them. And then a few times throughout the week, I'm going around New Jersey, New York, mainly New York, two locations to do segments for them. And that's, um, a lot of my time right now professionally, which I'm really glad because it's such a, uh, such a great New York show. And there's great characters we talk to. I love the segments we do there. I do a lot of man on the street. And so I will say a lot of my time is spent with that show as of now. And uh, that's great. And then I just wrapped a show um, for Animal Planet. That's actually coming out. I just found out in the beginning of March, I believe. Nice. And so uh, it's called Risk It for the Biscuit. And it's crazy games with people and their pets all over Los Angeles. It's so much fun. And if you're a dog lover um, or even not a dog lover, they're just absurd challenges that we have uh, pet owners do with their pets. And then we have some of the owners do stuff too. And um, I've been doing some time working on the the post-production of that. And then uh, I just started a new thing with an app called Airtime, which we're going to be doing a live show. We have our first show coming up this week, um, which is very much like a cell phone show with kids who could tune in uh, and do multiple FaceTime, watch our show and get involved and watch and kind of do a recap show with comedians and a panel. And that's a brand new opportunity. So very long answer. I guess I could talk. I had a lot of espresso, but um, (laughs) the short answer for your editing is uh, a mix of different shows and different uh, elements of what each show needs. So some pre-production, some voiceovers, some actual shoots, like a, a good balance. But above all that is uh, keeping the baby happy and uh, and sleeping. <laughs> Job number <laughs> keeping one. Keeping the baby yeah. happy. Happy, sleeping, yeah, quiet, yeah. and just on a, a normal growth track for humanity, which it seems mm-hmm, like you're doing a good job mm-hmm. of so far. All right, Paul, I do have to ask you, uh, you know, personal life, just one question, because you are married, Christina Perry, and your fame is growing as the years pass and you get more jobs. But she's a multi-platinum selling artist. She's been in the public eye for a very long time. And I want you to tell the story first about how you actually met her. Because this came through one of your jobs. And it's a story that's been told online a lot uh, in research I was doing for you. But anyone who might not know, you were a little sneaky when you met her. I was sticky? You sneaky. Said? Using a yeah, sneaky. professional yeah, opportunity yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to your benefit. Well, you know what? It may look like that on paper, but when the day we met, like she walked into my the studio at iHeart and uh like I 
I was floored immediately. Like, I don't know why there was, it's just, I think her presence and her energy in the room with me, like we immediately hit it off. And truly we met on set on a green screen set. Like I used to say hi to artists behind the camera and make it not so like we're on. But in this instance, I believe she like, like I was already on set and she walked on. I said, hi. And the, the camera started rolling and we like, that's the moment we met. And we, so we have those 12 minutes after that still of footage that we watch all the time cheesily to remember our first 12 minutes. And the thing is like, I'm always professional. I'm never thinking that way when I'm working, but you can see in the footage, like I'm thrown a little, like we're like sort of on a first date with a conversation. Like we're supposed to be talking about her new album and single. And I'm like speaking Italian with her talking about my family in Italy. Like it got real loose and I just let it, it I always let all those pieces in the green screen get loose and see where we went. Um, and this one just like got personal just by nature. It wasn't even like I was looking at looking to do it, you know, I swear. And then, um, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to ask if you had as a follow up, if you had any tips for a guy who also interviews, you know, a lot of attractive, cool women, how I can get them to like me. But it sounds like this was just something that was beyond your control. It wasn't premeditated. It was. It was, but dude, hit on everyone. <laughs> That's a quick way to get fired. That's a quick way to make sure that this podcast is the only job I ever have again. Right, 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 right. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that I, I saw coming. I think that's part of the beauty of of our love story. Like I really didn't see it coming. Neither did she. And then after we met, I I courted her. I like telling this part of the story because we're so in such a quick uh, culture where like you think things happen, even career and love and everything. I met her i knew it i felt this like un unbelievable like who's this woman who's this person and then i asked her out for two years and we talked and we became friends and i like truly was like we should go out sometime for like a while and then finally she asked me out two years later and we've been together ever since so uh, there is that old school courtship in there where i was um she was busy touring i was doing my thing and and i was had a huge crush on her i would tell the guy at her label every time i saw him where's christina what's her deal when is she gonna let me take her out like i was like romantic and a vocal about it, you know, like I kind of just kept talking about it every time I, she came up in my life. And then, uh, and here we are now Man. married with baby. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> Shoot your shot was kind of the internet buzz phrase of 2017 last year. People just doing this kind of stuff. You were doing that now for years and it worked out. So you were a, a real forefather in that regard. So just that yeah. hustle. It works in personal and professional life. It's great. What I'll say for you is you never know, man. Be you. Keep being – you're a great dude. You're a fun guy. You never know who's going to cross your path in this world and, and, uh, and stay around. That's well, the way I thanks, think of it. Thanks, And, hey, if Christina has any single available friends, you want a double date sometime, I'm free. <laughs> you got my number. You let me know. Um, you know what? I'll make sure one of them does an interview with you. We'll perfect. <laughs> I love it. This is great. There We're we really we'll working it, now. We'll make it work. Uh, we end every show, Paul, with the fun five, which are five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. But one thing before I do that that I like to do – also with every guest, is turn the tables. I give you a chance to ask me a question if you want. You don't have to. Mm. You can pass if you'd like. But I figure this is a democratic show, so if there's anything you want to ask me, it can be about literally anything on your mind. Go for it. I love it. Um, we're talking a lot of career. We do similar things. What's your dream show? Dream show would not be... I would love to do a game show because I think, like, to your point earlier, I mean, you grow up, you have a sick day, you're watching Price is Right at home, right, from school. Or right. we watch Jeopardy every night around at dinner with my family growing up for 20 straight years. So I would love to do a game show, but I think that would be a stepping stone for me to eventually have some kind of a talk show in the late-night mold. You know, Kimmel, Fallon, Colbert, those guys. I just love the ability to 
interview. That's one of my favorite things to do. Talk to people because I love stories. Right. But I also like the freedom to have a segment where you have, you know, Letterman did animal tricks. Uh, Fallon does every game oh, yeah. under the sun. Uh, but to be able to do or monologues or have a stand-up come on or someone come on and sing, that variety show element, but also being able to do the interviews, which I love. It's kind of my favorite thing. So some kind of talk show. Even cool. sports. Like, I love sports. So you see all these NFL pregame shows or, like, the guys on NBA on TNT with Charles Barkley and Shaq and that, you know, that whole thing. Uh, anything where there's just a lot going on. I kind of want to be the traffic cool. director in that regard. So. That's fun. Right, so yeah. we have similar dreams. We have similar dreams, it sounds like. You know like. what? Instead of competing, we should just co-host a show eventually. Just have the two of us Done. on the same desk Done. and see what happens. There we go. I, I don't believe in competition in this world. We There's enough room for everybody. That's what I would say, especially in our business. You really are, so you you really are an optimist. <laughs> I am. Listen, here's how, here's how it'll work. When you have your show and I have mine, let's just promise each other now that we'll, even if we're on competing networks or competing Netflixers, Let's make sure we both go on each other's shows as guests. It's a deal. And have a good time. It's a deal. And promote each other. I'm down for that. All right, it's done. It's, this is published. It's, it's out in the air, in the open. It's done. Um, my agents and my lawyers are rolling over. Uh, <laughs> They're like, why did you just commit? Completely gave, yeah, carte blanche to this other guy for 10 years from now. It's going to be awesome. Um, well, let's end with the fun five. Five quick fun questions designed for you and you alone. Uh, question number one, besides your wife, obviously, because that worked out very well, which celebrity of all the ones that you've met through your professional exploits would you most want to invite to your next birthday party? Oh, that's a great question. Which celebrity? I must, does that have to be fast or can I think about it? You can um, think about it. Take your time. Which celebrity would I most like to invite to my – I'm trying to think of someone I always feel great with. and have. Uh, Kelly Clarkson. Ooh, nice. Kelly Clarkson, she seems for sure. so just nice, like a good human being. She is a thousand percent the most fun ever, and like so real. And uh, she would come to my birthday party and make it even more fun. All right, well, Kelly, the invite is out there. If you're listening, <laughs> next party. Uh, question number two: On beat the clock, but also on a bunch of your other stuff, you're you're a well dressed man, and suits or blazers. That's kind of your your thing. Is that a fair assessment? Mm. For so sure. How many suits, question number two, do you actually own personally? <laughs> this just went up after we did Beat the Clock, which was a bigger dream, I think, than getting a game show was getting suits from a game show. <laughs> uh, I, I, not that many, though. I wear, I repeat a lot of things, and then when you watch my videos enough, you realize, oh, my God, he's wearing the same suit for two years straight, like at iHeart. But uh, probably like eight or nine, uh, maybe maybe a little more now at the game show. I'll, I'll, I'll say Thirteen. Okay, yeah. That's a you said it's not a lot. Number. That's more than double of what most people I know own, myself included. Yeah, so. I guess that's. But hey, ex well, you know what? If you think of it this way. Everything up. It's my uniform. That, that's yeah, the way I look at that's it. That's true. I wear. I switch them out. That's true. Question number three. You're a Jersey guy, just like me. Yeah. Who's your favorite New Jersey singer of all time? Ooh, Frankie Valli. Without a doubt. Uh, also, Frank Sinatra. Ooh, I can't pick between. Them. <laughs> you uh, created a, a battle of the Franks in about five seconds with yourself. Shoot. Uh, if I had to pick one, it would be Sinatra, which is probably the most cliche Jersey answer you've ever you get all the time. Uh, but Frankie Valli has timeless songs too. Frank was the first pop icon, classic staple in American culture. Frankie Valli had songs that have, will never get old. I don't have to pick one. Um, yeah, you wouldn't rank your job, so I'm going to put you on the spot and make you pick a Frank. Let's say Sinatra because he's still time just because he's sinatra 
I'll say All that. Right, there you go. Uh, a fun fact is a consolation prize for Frankie Valley. I'm pretty sure I read this on Wikipedia once, that Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, the only group to have a number one record on Billboard before and after the Beatles did. That's how timeless those guys were. Whoa. Yeah. That sounds right. And was it was the one after? Um, it was oh, what a night, right? Uh, yeah, it was, that was uh, after, and then I December nineteen. Yeah, because that was people don't realize that that was actually recorded a lot later than nineteen sixty three. Oh yeah. yeah, one of his biggest hits, and a lot of people also don't realize that it's the drummer singing lead. Right, Frankie Valley doesn't even sing uh, as much of the lead. Oh, what a night is the drummer. Uh. Just, which is another fun fact about what that. A, what, a, what a song, what a group. Yeah, good choice there. But Sinatra will give you at the number one spot. Uh, number four, you're, you're yeah. a proud Italian guy. What's your favorite yeah. Italian dish? Ooh. Favorite Italian dish. It sounds absurd, but it's burrata. Oh, the cheese. yeah. The, the, the one that kind of explodes from the middle, right? It's a little bit of a color on the like, outside. Yeah. It's like eating a, a cloud of mozzarella. I think it's the best thing ever. Oh, excuse me. It's like eating a cloud of mozzarella. Mozzarella, yeah. <laughs> you got to make sure mozzarella. you pronounce it correctly. And then, Sorry, mozzarella. <laughs> and question number five, Paul, last one for you. I asked you this on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you gave me a little bit of a joking answer, which was fun. But I really do want to know, your hair, it's great, man. And you get it to stand up and do this thing that just I'm so jealous of because my hair's too curly. It doesn't do that. How long does it take you to actually do your hair when it's time to... Oh my gosh. You know what? I don't, my hair, I'm worried is going to fall out. So let's document that I'm going to have the best toupee in showbiz in a few years. Noted. And, uh, um, not long at all. Dude, I really actually, like, I've had like a Jimmy Neutron quaff since high school. So I think my head naturally knows, like, you're going <laughs> to okay. go up and you're going to stay that way. Um, so just a few minutes. Honestly, the real answer is a few minutes. Like a little bit of clay stuff I have, I just throw it up there and then run out the door. Um, but it's because of years of like, being that way it's not like it's been a new thing right it's muscle memory it's sticking fiber, up for fiber memory for the hair yeah. it's just gotten you locked in by yeah this point. Um, exactly awesome paul well you got a kid to go raise so i'm gonna let you go this has been you're awesome right. you're <laughs> right i'm watching a baby monitor oh that's great hopefully she's <laughs> behaving well and not being she's all right too much she's trouble. All right. but uh plug whatever you want to plug let people know where they can find you more about you the show anything you want well, thanks, man. Well, my social, check me out in my daily shenanigans, which is just my name, Paul Costabile, C-O-S-T-A-B-I-L-E. That's my social, at Paul Costabile. Check me out. I do funny Instagram stories. <laughs> and uh, tune in for, for everybody who has Universal Kids. Check out You can check out where Beat the Clock airs. Just go to universalkids.com. Click on the channel finder. See where it airs. I would say to tune into the show with your friends and family. You're going to have a blast. Um, and then check out, uh, look out for Risk It for the Biscuit coming out on Facebook Watch very soon. And uh, New York Live on NBC. Love it. Paul, thanks so much, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Dude, thanks for having me. This was oh, great. My pleasure. And guys, make sure to check out MikeJanella.com for all previous episodes of the show. Everywhere you can find it, subscribe, give us a like and an awesome review and a rating because you'd be my new best friend. And obviously, you can also hear in information on the great outro music you're hearing at this very moment. One more time, Paul Casablanca. Thanks a lot, man. Mike, you're the man. I appreciate Love it. Love you. And thanks Love to it. you guys for listening. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.